up, everybody. You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of ThatCast Network. Hey now, say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. We're here in um, sunny but cold Portland, Oregon. Tricky. <laughs> Tricky. I'm used to it being rainy but cold Portland, Oregon, but I woke up. I, well, I wake up when it's still dark in the morning, but by the time the sun came out and kind of throughout the day, I, I went outside a few times while I was working, and I'm like, man, it's <clears throat> real cold out here. But I'm digging the sunshine, though. I'm yeah, digging like, the sunshine. Yeah. It's much better than being rainy, wet, and cold. Absolutely. So I'll take it. But it's cold, though. Oh, freezing. It was freezing. It was like 20. When I got in the car this morning, it was 27. It was fluctuating <laughs> between 27 and 28 degrees, and I didn't feel good about that I at all. Alexis that this morning, and then I've been telling her all day how you be saying, it's bleeding out. It's bleeding outside. Man, <laughs> Way too cold, way too cold. So, um, yeah, be sure to go to thatcast.com. As you all know, we are a production of ThatCast Network. You can also check us out on Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. We got content right there waiting for you. Um, we also have our website, wakeupandwin.com. That's wake up, the letter N, win.com, where you can go find merchandise here, now, and during the holiday season. But, um... I've been doing a lot of thinking this past week, D-Boy. I've been thinking a lot. About what? Um, Content. And obviously, I think a lot about our content and what we create right here all the time and ways that we can kind of connect things. And I like to listen to back to our episodes to hear what we talked about. Um, and I like to listen to older episodes, not just the most recent episode we did. And um, I also am just as much of a – just as passionate as I am – when it comes to creating content, I'm pretty much equally as passionate about being a fan of content. Um, I, could, I could agree and vouch for that. Yeah, absolutely. Like I even think about it as kind of like a sports fan. For me personally, grew up playing sports. Um, grew up playing football, basketball, baseball, three-sport athlete. Um, and then I also thought about like growing up how passionate of a fan I was for sports, um, thinking about the Raiders and the Lakers and Kobe Bryant and the A's. And for me personally, I think that as a player and an athlete and also a fan, I could say I was equally passionate then. And I think that's crossed over into what I do now as a content creator. And the same goes for now. So I was kind of thinking about our podcast a little bit, and I thought back to the episode that we did on 420. Um, the episode we did around 420, it was you, myself, uh, Simba was down here from L.A. He came on and talked a bit, and we also had Juma Black at the time. Yeah, I remember that. And so I was thinking... That was a of, funny episode. It was a real funny episode, good episode. <laughs> I like to connect things because, for one, first off, let me say this. When I think of podcasts and I kind of look at my content as well as other content, I also look at... Like when you go check, when you go look us up on iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud, I look at titles of episodes. I look at the fact that we number our episodes. I even think about the fact that we even call each show that we do an episode. And so for me, when I think of episodes, I think of like seasons, like season one, episode one, season one, Netflix. episode two. Yeah. You get what mm -hmm. I'm you get where I'm going with this. So it makes me kind of wonder when it comes to podcasting. If we're going to call these episodes, I want to at least semi have a storyline to what we do. Ooh. I don't come in, 
necessarily with our content being a storyline per se. You know, I, I I like to cover content as it comes. I like to cover stories as it comes. It's not always connected week after week. That's not necessarily the focus of this podcast. But I am cognizant of the fact that we do call these episodes. So if we're going to call them episodes, I want to tie in old episodes that we do to the now and what we're covering right now in this day and age so that people can get an understanding and a feel for what we talk about. So last week, um, we talked about the Dwight Howard situation, and you actually brought to my attention that Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson went Instagram Live or whatever um, mm-hmm. talking about the Dwight Howard situation. For sure. At the time, I hadn't listened to it. But because you mentioned that, of course, I went on YouTube and I went back and listened to that. And, you know, I, I feel multiple type of ways about what they were saying, but I don't necessarily want to get into what they were saying. I want to get into not only what they were doing, but another podcast that I listened to this week was the I Heart Miko podcast. Was it disrespectful? I want to know that. Uh, no, I don't like to. I don't want to say that they were disrespectful by any means. Yeah, I don't want to say that they were disrespectful by any means because I think they had reasoning behind their points, right, even though right. I may not have necessarily agree with them. Source reason. Absolutely. So yeah. I don't necessarily agree with a lot of what they said, but knowing who they are, the platforms they have, where they've been, I know that when they say something, they know something as well. Right. Right. But, but it's the fact that maybe. You might agree with what they said, but you don't agree with the fact that they said it. That's what I want to get into. Ooh, here we go. Because <laughs> as I mentioned, listening to the iHeart Miko podcast, Miko Grimes, her husband is Brent Grimes. He's a cornerback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Right. He's in the NFL. Now, Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes, obviously, they advocate marijuana. Um, Steven ja- I mean, Matt Barnes, I should say, back when we did the 420 episode, he was part of that kind of Bleacher Report series yeah. where they were promoting marijuana. And then I was listening to Miko. They were also smoking on camera last week, which, which I'm going to get into with you as well. But then I listened to the Miko Grimes podcast within that same two or three days. And as I was listening to her podcast, her husband, Brent, was actually on there co-hosting it with her. And she was talking to him. I forget what team they were playing, but it was a particular game that she wanted them to win um, based on her fandom of the sport. Mm -hmm. And she was basically telling Brent, like, Brent, I need y'all to go out there and win. I need you to go talk to your teammates and tell them to focus up and tell them that if they do win, Kush is on me. Ooh. So when she said that, and I started thinking about Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson and knowing that they advocate for marijuana, which I have absolutely no problem with, but seeing them on that Instagram live show and they were smoking, basically saying that they have a show coming forward, um, smoking on camera and things of that sort, it made me think about and want to ask you the question and pose the question to you that can keeping it real go too, wrong? Too wrong. Too wrong. Can keeping it in this day and age where right. where where all this content is flooding too the market, wrong. where you have people doing just about anything, and I think there's definitely pros to that. That yeah, content yeah. is being created at such a rapid pace. Um, so many different people are getting into the content creation game. But my question was right. thinking about her statement and also thinking about what Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes did, also tying it all the way back to the conversation right. we had on it's 420. Can corny. it go wrong? It's damn near corny. It, it's, Talk and to I me. make a lot of references to uh, Steven Jackson. I respect Absolutely. him. I like how real he is as a person, but 
I think that he's been in a place, in a situation for so long now to where he should know better than to do things like smoke on camera okay. while trying to get his point across. And what I mean by that is, myself, I'm an opportunist, meaning I will try to maximize an opportunity. If I'm on a platform and I got TV placements and ratings and things like this, I want to go for the endorsements. I want to go for growing my brand as big as I can. And unfortunately, the the sports world is not the hip-hop world. You can do that when you're a rapper. Wiz yeah. Khalifa got super big off of It intersects, but it's but still it, different. Exactly. Absolutely. It's still very different. And so I think, yeah, it's, it's one thing to keep it real, but you also still got people that was fans of you that look up to you and it's just a you look kind of just route it's like a it's just a dirty look you yeah, know what i mean yeah, With, yeah it's and it's almost like you're doing it on purpose to show like we the rebels of the league that we right like it's it's kind of weak which bro. they alluded to in some yeah, sense yeah. talking about them being the realest warrior team and trying to compare yeah. that to the current warrior team yeah, it's but weak to me, I, I agree with a lot of what you said and like i said as i even listened to the miko grimes podcast um, and I heard her say that it made me even think to last, I think it was last week's episode, may have been the episode before that. It was actually the episode before that when I talked about, when I told the story of me going to LA with a particular NBA player and I wouldn't name who oh, that yeah, NBA player was. different status. Right, yeah, yeah. right. And I wouldn't, and I wouldn't allude exactly to who that NBA player was. And I was thinking about my reasoning as for why. Here's my thing. Not against marijuana. I think it's cool we're talking about this, that we're living in a legal state here in the state of Oregon. But I don't oppose marijuana. Do I oppose it in sport? Absolutely, because I don't think it makes the product better. That's just me personally. But when you talk about what may already even be the known, example, Miko talking about players smoking weed. We know that. We know that it happens. We know it. We're not that ignorant. We don't have to go and repeat that, though. It's almost, to me, kind of like snitching in a sense. Steven Jackson and Matt Barnes talking about how they were rebels of the league. Matt Barnes coming on saying how he drank after every game, smoked after every game. We know that, and I'm not judging you for that. But what I'm saying is when you guys are so close to the game and when you hear guys alluding to who their friends are in the league. And when you and got then kids you, like and, Matt Barnes at an age where it's almost like you see the level of success that Matt Barnes and you're telling them that that's the recipe. And I don't even think that's the case. And I don't agree with that solely because when it comes to his kids – those are your kids. I'm not going to tell you necessarily how to raise your kids. But, so do what you no, want no, no, there. No, no, not, not in regards and, to his kids. Okay. I'm saying you got people that's his age, his kids' age that right. look up to him. Absolutely. And so you're kind of branding that that's the rest of Like you're bragging about it. Absolutely. You feel me? And it's people that's going to think, oh, I could do that too. Matt Barnes did it. And he was a, like, it, you know what I mean? It's, Even, it's not really glorified. Yeah. I don't care about how he raised his own kids. Right, I, right. Yeah. E- even in that sense, though, in his community per se, and I guess he's a part of the NBA community as well, which is very true. But I feel like different rules apply when you talk about more so his personal community in comparison to the NBA community where we know marijuana smoking isn't legal. Right. And so I don't have a problem with him advocating for marijuana. I don't have a problem necessarily with the drug of marijuana. When I think about what Miko did, I don't have a problem with NFL players smoking marijuana at all by any means but you do have to understand your husband is probably a lot least at risk because he knows you're gonna say some crazy shit he's here on the podcast joining you Mm -hmm. he knows you Mm -hmm. you're his wife he knows how you get down he's gonna protect himself in that sense 
she's not going to be the reason that I get caught up because I know how she is. With that being said, I'm going to make sure I have all ends covered and they because that's a part of my – we're it, married. That's yeah, a part of my know. responsibility. Right. But he has 50-plus other teammates. And so when you say that, it sends a message – to me, it sends a message that the whole team be blowing. <laughs> that the whole team is blowing. It can allude to that. Now you might get a random drug text next week. I don't know if that happened or not, but that's just kind of the way that I think, which is why I wouldn't even it's, – it's almost in a sense like naming your sources. You don't need to name who your sources are. You can say that sources told you X, Y, and Z, but naming your sources can not only put you in a bad place as a journalist, but it can put your sources in a bad place because they entrusted you with a certain amount of information to where even if you publicize it, you won't let it be or, known that or they're even, doing it. Or even just put emphasis on the fact that it's a very reliable source. I think you said the exact phrase, if you know, you know. If you know, yeah, you know. You know what I mean? So... If you don't know, figure it out. Figure it out. It's up to you to do that. So I kind of wanted to get in that. Like I said, with this state being a legal state with marijuana, um, California also being a legal state with marijuana, the marijuana industry is huge right now. It's certain things that you know that I just don't like when they're portrayed to the public in a certain type of way. Um, I know a lot of people are trying to have unique content. And even as somebody, like I said, as a consumer of content, I will go and watch that. I will go and listen to that and see that. It's funny you saying the marijuana part of it more because me personally, bro, I have more of a problem with saying he drank after every game. I didn't even, like, you know, like, weed is so, it's so, like, socialized now that I, I don't, even though I know it's not legal in the NBA sense, I'm just saying in general, like, even I could almost justify smoking after a game. For pain, you hear weed for a lot of different uses, but drinking after every game, bruh, that's, yeah. that's just a little bit. I thought that was kind of just like on that more rowdy tip that I was talking about. Like, I can we understand get into that. a rebel, but that's just too much, bruh. I can understand that. Not saying that that should be justified either, but when it comes to that, at it's least legal. It's, legal. it's legal. You're not getting tested for alcohol in this particular industry. You can go and drink as much as you want. Totally up to you to do that. I'm not saying whether drinking or marijuana is worse, but, but I don't mind you publicly speaking about it when you know that nobody really can get caught up for drinking. Sure, you get a, you can get DUIs, you can get legal issues that connect to that, but that's more so, so on do you. So you only care about the legal part? Because I, I, I kind of feel it more on a... On a level of, like, morals or whatever. I don't know if that's yeah. the right word, but are you only focused on the legality part of it or the fact, like, kind of what you said, it's the fact that we know you might have did that, but it's no need to say you drank after every game. I, I'm more so focused on the legality part of it because, for one, it's a business. For two, you can't control and tame 450 players in the NBA and even more players in the NFL. So ultimately what I'm getting at is since I can't control or contain or or tame all of these guys, what I'm not going to do is talk about things that they may be doing that can cause them to lose their job, especially when it directly ties into the league and the business of the league that they're playing in. If they're doing other things outside of the sport that may not necessarily be good for them as an athlete, like I said, that's more of a personal decision. But once I know you're now tying in your knowledge, your experience, et cetera, into the business in an illegal way that can shine light on these players in a way that can cause them to lose their job directly through rules that have been 
placed by these leagues and these businesses and corporations, et cetera, et cetera. I have more problem with that because I kind of look at it more like snitching. It's okay. when you look at like snitching in the streets, it's more like legalities of certain things. You're talking about what's legal and what's not legal. Obviously, that term can be used in other aspects, but the first thing that I think about when it comes to snitching is like street talk and street conversation. Yeah. And so I think about that more so from a legal sense. Same goes with sports to me. I don't have to agree or disagree with what any athletes does, but I think that's their prerogative. But once we start talking about things that could possibly cause them to lose their jobs, that's when I kind of like to fall back a bit, and, personally. And don't get me wrong, to go back to your question, I'm still fans of both of them, but Absolutely. I do agree that they're keeping it a little too... I, I can't yeah. say... It's no such thing as keeping it too real, but <laughs> yeah. they keeping it real is going kind of wrong. Uh, that's that's That was the question. Yeah, <laughs> that was yeah. the question. <laughs> so next up, um, we're going to do a little bit of a recap. Um, like I said, we always like to talk about the NBA here on the podcast, but we like to kind of dial in our content. So uh, we're going to talk about our predictions that we made earlier in the year. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast on NatCast Network. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. So, D-Boy, talk to me. I'm loving the NBA right now. It's fun. It's fun. I'm Way loving the, the NBA right now. <laughs> hey, but I do like that CJ Anderson just got picked up by the Raiders on the side note for that. Absolutely. Other Shout out that, to CJ. Right From Vallejo Raiders to the Oakland Raiders. Shout out to CJ. Um, he's there. Raiders, proud of him. Now, okay. now NBA, like I said, I want to dial it in. I want to dial it in to the predictions we made right here on the podcast. For me. My MVP prediction was Kawhi Leonard. I think he leads the race on this at this point in time. Obviously, the season's going to progress. Things are going to fluctuate. But right now, today, if I had to give it to anybody, it's Kawhi. It's Kawhi. Man. His team's got the best record in the league. He's been playing in his games. That was one of the big arguments that you kind of made in the last episode because it was the last time we discussed this because the well, season was still Durant, early in. I'll tell you that much. It's not Durant, but it, but is it's it, Kawhi. Is, is it Antetokounmpo? He's in, he's in that race. Two, number two, three? Maybe. I would probably say number two. That's, why I, that's where I would go with it right now, but you got Kawhi. I, I would have to say number two, but Kawhi still, his team still le- leads the league. In, they got the best record in the league. They got the best record in the league. I think Giannis is a great player. That's all fine and dandy. And he's close enough in this race to where, yeah, he's very, he very much can still win it this season. Right. I but agree if I with had that. to give it to somebody today, Kawhi's been hot. He put the Warriors down this past week. He put um, the Sixers down last night, who obviously has – taking things up a notch. They've been playing really well since they've acquired Jimmy Butler. They're one of those teams in the Eastern Conference, and he actually said it in a post-game interview, like, this is a team that we're going to see down the road. When playoffs come, postseason comes, this is a team that's going to be pretty much right in the thick of things. So to see him beat them, to see him beat the Warriors this past week, and seeing him putting up 30-plus points, I believe he did that against the Warriors. I know he did it last night against the Sixers. To see him doing what he's doing, leading his team. I don't think nobody else on his team is putting up crazy enough numbers to say that he has that much help. And for them to have the best team in the league, which they were obviously a good team, they've been a good team, but I think he's taking them to a place where 
They're a legit contender. They're leading the league in wins. They're leading the Eastern Conference, and no, they're you, in conversation you, you of a championship. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, you're definitely spot on with it, which I hate to say. <laughs> but it's true. Now, my next prediction, um, defensive player of the year. I had Anthony Davis, Cat. I had Joel Embiid. Where we at? Where we at? Um... I think Joel Embiid is ahead of Anthony Davis. Come on, man. You think that because you picked it, man. No, I think it. Davis, I think it because Embiid leads the league in rebounds. I think Embiid, uh, which is more so a defensive stat. Guys get more defensive rebounds than they get offensive rebounds. So that's kind of just that. Um, His team is having a lot of success. Anthony Davis' team was having a lot of success early. They fell off the Mm. map kind of like these guys around the corner from us have done as of late, too, in the Portland Trailblazers. What Anthony Davis leading the league in? Something. Probably something, but nothing defensively. Uh So, Uh So when we talk about this particular award, I think Embiid is right there in the thick of things with the success his team is having, with the success he's having defensively. They're winning games. You got to defend to win games. So Embiid to me is still right up there in that conversation. And I don't know too many other guys who are just like, yeah, was, oh, I'm that guy think, is standing out in that award. That. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta go dig deep. I'll be ready next week. Yeah, I'll be ready. I gotta dig deep. Yeah, I think Anthony Davis closer than you think, man. Yeah. So with that. I got to go with Embiid. I, I really do because he's he's balling. He's playing well defensively. Like I said before, I don't think we're necessarily, when we talk about the 76ers and their offense now, it was pretty much all Embiid, 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 Embiid. He was hands down their guy. Now I think on any given night, he can be not the best offensive player on his team because Jimmy Butler can play that role. Yeah, Jimmy hit a couple game winners coming right Jimmy in. Hit a, that, that's offensive. Jimmy Lamming. hit a couple game winners. Like I said, they're winning um, in a league where we talk more so about offense than defense. When we correlate winning to whatever side of the ball you want to discuss, we more so talk about the offensive end because of the shooting, the high scoring, the rule changes for defensive players. So I think the entire perception around that can lead to, okay, Embiid's no longer the guy offensively because Jimmy can very much so play that role as well. Sixth man of the year, I had Eric Gordon. I'm absolutely off with that. The Rockets have not been playing well enough. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think Lou Williams and what they're doing over there in L.A., that Clippers squad has been insane. Lou Williams is right back in it again to win another six man of the year award. Um, I thought the Rick, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. They're, They're so, they're playing so well this year and they do have Lou Williams. Who's also playing well and playing that six man role. I think with that team, if they continue to have the, at least, remotely close to the success that they're having right now, you got to give it to him. The Rockets, they went from the top team in the league last year, on at least in the regular season, and, I mean, without a Chris Paul injury, who knows, they could have been the champs last year. Um, I would have expected them to have at least close to that type of a season for Eric Gordon to win that award. Now, what I will say is, the West is so crazy and so gridlocked, they're still not that far out of being able to shoot up to number one if they can string together some wins consecutively. But it ain't going to happen. It can happen. I, I, I do believe that it can happen. They can at least place in that top two or three, which I think would definitely put Eric Gordon in a position to win that award if they got to that point. 
And in the West, like I said, it's gridlocked. You got the Lakers playing well. You got the Nuggets and the Clippers playing well. They're like the top two teams in the West. And we don't necessarily trust them to be able to sustain that over 82 games because we haven't seen it out of them. Right. So with that being said, I still and think I that there's that I room. Them, I picked it. I agree with you on that. That's yeah. the one pick we got in common. So, so, so we yeah. Off of I, yeah, we off. But like I I'm, said, nah, I'm going to tell you what. Things I'm really fluctuate. Let me tell you what. I'm really <laughs> off on. Talk to me. Well, we got uh, rookie of the year and coach of the year. Uh, most improved. Most improved. I was really off on that because Brandon Ingram ain't most improved. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon Ingram over there having too much yeah. fun in L.A. tripping, cat. Well, LeBron had to take – but they, but they playing well, though. Yeah, no, they doing good, which I expected, bro. They you playing LeBron, well, though. But, <laughs> and, they, and, and they got a deeper lineup on paper than – like, it ain't, it ain't ideal, but they have a, a decently strong team. It's just that They're the young. NBA is so sick right now. Yeah, the NBA but is a combination of young and old, LeBron veteran, Lance Stevenson veteran, Rondo veteran. Chandler was a big you pickup. See, yeah, Rondo hasn't I'm, been really playing. I'm just Rondo saying, though, this is veteran and yeah. it's a good mix of both. If I, think you think Chandler, about it. I think Chandler was a huge pickup for them. Presence, because not even just because of his not even just because of his defensive presence, but one thing that we forget most importantly about Tyson Chandler, he's a champion. Yeah, he know how to win. He's a champion. He, he played on that Dallas Mavericks team with Dirk when they beat LeBron in yeah, the NBA nah, Finals. I know. I know. So, so with Tyson Chandler, if you look at the pedigree that he brings there, not only defensively, but the fact that he's got a ring to show for it, yeah, bro, I like that. I like that helps Lakers LeBron. That like helps him. LeBron tremendously. I like him, Caddy. So but, yeah, uh, yeah. Brandon Ingram, I ain't even gonna talk about it. <laughs> no. Wrong. Now, now right. for me, for me, it was Jamal Murray, and here's my thing. I'm up in the air about that. Reason being, one, Jamal Murray's playing well. I think he's averaging a little bit over 17 a game. That's that's great basketball, in my opinion. Um, I think for him to win the award, he would have to average at least 20 a game. Um, and I still think that he can do that. But the only thing that I think is stopping him, because his team is playing well. Nuggets having a lot of success. Only thing that I think is stopping him is a few things. One, when Will Barton went down, I expected him to kind of step up and be the guy in the backcourt. Um, but I think him and Gary Harris have both been playing really well together. Um, they're both putting up around the same amount of game. They're both putting up that 17, which is helping that team it's elevate a lot. But it's, it's not lopsided. It's I thought easy. it might have been, yeah, okay, Jamal more now. so 20, Gary Harris like 15. But 13, they're both maybe. they're both putting up. Really good numbers together, which is a great thing for the Nuggets, obviously. And it does shine a light on him to still be in the conversation for that award because I do think he's still better than Gary Harris. My other problem is, as I mentioned, Will Barton is still out. Isaiah Thomas is still out. What I'm concerned about for this team as a whole is they've pretty much – they're in a rhythm right now. They got good chemistry. They're playing well together. When you bring back a Will Barton, who's a really good player, who I think knows how to fit into a system, but that's still an added element. He's a guy who just got a nice contract over the offseason. So not only do you have to play him because he's getting paid now, you got to play him because he's good enough to play. He deserves what he's getting paid. Facts. And he started off in the first few games of the season proving why he got paid. Facts. Obviously, Isaiah Thomas has an all-star ceiling. He's been an all-star before. We've seen him carry a contending team with the Celtics. 
Celtics. Um, we know that he's capable of putting up 30 a game. You're going to have to experiment with him as well because he's proven himself to be that good recent enough in this league. So when you And they're both backcourt players. So what I'm wondering is when those two guys come back, how do you fit them in into an already good thing that you have going right now? It concerns me a bit, especially when it comes to Murray winning this award. Kind of like the Celtics having problems getting their better players than, you know, with Absolutely. Kyrie and the other Cuddy coming back. Yeah, yeah, Hayward's back, yep. and you got to mix that in with uh, Jason Tatum, who got in a rhythm last season. And, and people let, who got Jalen Brown over got in a rhythm last mm-hmm. season. So that same problem could very much so happen with the Nuggets. Pat on the back, great uh – you know, great example. Analysis, analysis. Yeah, there we there go. Um, rookie of the year, I had DeAndre Aiden. I think you were right with Luka Doncic. I, I think I was too. He's I'm a one stud. five right now. He's a, he's a stud. <laughs> Obviously, nice. one of the worst predictions I've made this year, which was a wild one, was that the Suns would be good Four and, and that they could be a, a playoff 20. team. They're not that. What I did also mention, though, we is finna, that. Hey, hold on. We're going to go see them tonight. And the Blazers, because the they Blazers better in the win. too. Yeah, they, they sure are. They better beat this 4 and 20 Suns team. Not to lose your thoughts. They sure are, but um, <laughs> yeah, back to Aiden. I don't think that your team has to necessarily be winning to win this award, but I do. Aiden is putting up rookie of the year type numbers, but had his team been in a playoff race like Doncic's team is right now, different, different conversation. it's a different conversation yeah. for him, but yeah. when you're playing on the worst team in the league and Doncic, his team, if the league, if the season started today, they'd be in the playoffs. Now you got to look at things a little bit separately. Um, it's and not. He's a killer. It's too. not. He it's, he's a killer. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Killer. On top of that, but it's not like last season where it was a real true debate because you had Ben Simmons who played on a uh, on a Philadelphia Seventy Sixers team that was a playoff team, made it to the second round, and then you had Donovan Mitchell on Utah, Utah that was a playoff team, made it to the second round. It made the debate a bit more comparable. If the Mavericks weren't playing so good, the debate could be a bit more comparable, but the Mavericks, they're right in the thick of things right now, too, in that gridlocked Western Conference. Which leads us to the next thing, Coach of the Year, which I picked to be the Suns coach, and that ain't happening yeah, with the record now, that now I, I just, didn't go that far with yeah, you. When I, I, yeah, like, the record that gotta, I just listed, yeah. that, that ain't gonna happen. 4-20, and 20, um, that won't work. Yeah. You will um, not get there. Yeah, I mean, I had Brad Stevens to be Coach of the Year, and um, you know, they're still in the thick of things, too. They're not far out of things. How you name? Igor Kokoska? Something crazy like that. Yeah, and, him. And, and, and don't really, that's why I didn't pick him, because his name was, was too difficult <laughs> yeah, anyway. But um, I think you got to be an elite team. Your team has to be a contender for you to win Coach of the Year. What I will say is, um, hey, man, <laughs> the Raptors, Nick Nurse, <laughs> like they're playing really well. They're in, they're up there in the league right now, top of the league right now. So you definitely got to consider them. But um, Brad Stevens, I think he needs to kind of figure out how to really coach these guys now that you got two all-stars back on your roster. So um, next up, I want to get into a little bit about the Portland Timbers. Um, you know, I like to always bring a Portland-centric uh, topic here to the podcast, being that we live in Portland, being that we're a part of a network that's based out of Portland. So I like to always do that. But the Timbers are playing for the MLS Cup this Saturday. Real big deal. But um, it's not necessarily the game that I want to talk about. I want to talk about what could possibly happen after the game. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey.
Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. So this past week here in America, um, we had to deal with the loss of former president, the 41st president, George H.W. Bush. Um, first and foremost, condolences to his family. Really condolences to the country because there's no denying that I mean, he was in really the most prominent position that you can probably be in, especially when it relates to your country, the representation of your country, et cetera, et cetera. You see where I'm going with that. And so obviously with that happening and us being a podcast that focuses on that intersectionality of sports, politics, and culture, there was no way that I couldn't weave that into this episode or that I wouldn't weave that into this episode because it's just too big of a deal. So when I started thinking about it, I obviously thought about it from that realm. Sports, politics, culture. What role did George H.W. Bush play when it came to sports? I mean, we obviously know the story of when Donald Trump was inaugurated and George H.W. Bush didn't go to the inauguration because of health issues. That's what he said was the reason for not going. And then shortly after that, he showed up at the Super Bowl and mm. people kind of was like, how yeah. is Trump supposed to take that? Is that a shot at Trump that he showed up to the Super Bowl and he didn't show up to Trump's inauguration? inauguration. That was a thing. That was a storyline. Like um, now I, I took a little bit deeper dive and did more research into um, teams going to the White House, because obviously we're in a climate right now where that's not the most popular thing amongst sports teams. And it's been a tradition for over a century for sports teams when they win championships to go and visit the White House. And George H.W. Bush was the first president to have an NHL team come join him in the White House. So I thought that was interesting there. Then I tied it into what we have going on here locally with the Portland Timbers. The Portland Timbers won the Major League Soccer title in 2015. Uh, this coming Saturday, Portland is going to be crazy lit <laughs> because they'll be playing for the, MS, uh, the MLS soccer title in Atlanta this Saturday. Big deal. Humongous deal as far as I'm concerned, especially when, as once again, I tie this back to a recent episode. You, I, I mentioned that Portland is probably the most underrated sports city in the United States. This adds to my proof and adds to my reasoning as to why I think that they're playing for a title again this year. That helps. Mm -hmm. um, but I got to thinking because, like I said, with the climate of teams not going to the White House, knowing that George H.W. Bush had the first NHL team come to the White House. Um, speaking of NHL, by the way, just a side note. Seattle got a new hockey team coming there. So it's a big deal for the Northwest. And I think it might kind of... You know, it makes you wonder how is that karma and how is that kind of aura and that essence coming to the Northwest going to affect a possible baseball team to come here to Portland? It's only a three-hour drive, if that. Right. So, I mean, we're close enough in proximity. You got Russell Wilson out there in Seattle, all kinds of connections. Seattle, Portland, you think of those two kind of together. Um, the big brother, little brother thing, which Portlanders don't really like, but it's a thing. You think about all of that, makes you really think about what could happen here in the near future. But back to the White House. Um, in 2015, 
it was interesting because I was thinking about the Timbers having worked for a radio station that was the home of the Timbers. And in 2015, they didn't go visit the White House. So it made me think that if they didn't go visit the White House in 2015 under the Obama administration, why they didn't go, I don't really have the answer for it, but they didn't. Um, I got the answer. What's the answer then? Obama. He's the reason why this Timbers team didn't go to the White House? In 2015, yeah, because he was president. Interesting, because obviously... We're in Portland. But, yeah, it's a liberal you, town. Yeah. Portlanders are usually more so fans of Obama. Um, they're definitely not fans of Donald Trump. They're not really fans <laughs> of <laughs> conservatives. And I think that showed in the local elections that recently took place. Mm -hmm. um, and then even thinking about... Whose ultimate decision is it, though, when it comes to these organizations going and not going? Because I don't think it's... I, I don't think it's an ultimate decision. I think it's more team, of an agreement, like... The White House, I mean, I think the White House can find time to have a team come to the White House, a championship I'm saying team. When, when so I would say it's more so the organization. Right. I would say more so the organization. Obviously, Trump, Somebody Goofy Trump, Goofy Trump has tried to take credit recently for the Warriors not coming to the White House, but the Warriors already said they weren't going to the yeah, White House. Right. So usually the White House, especially Obama, who was a sports fan, I'm pretty sure he was willing to make that happen. Yeah, I Don't think quote me on that, that's but it could have been an organization. Now, if that's the case, we think about Trump and Obama on two totally, totally different ends of the spectrum. If the Timbers win this weekend, do you foresee them going to the White House and visiting the White House? Because they'll be the champions. Yes, I think they're going. Wow. Why? I just told you why. We're going to see. So you think it has think to do? I think it has to do with who's the president. So, or, or is it? But, but, but here's the thing. I think what you're more so alluding to is, yeah, it has to do with who's the president. But even more so, it has to do with ownership of the organization. Thank you, Merritt Paulson, Thank being you. the owner here of the organization. Thank you. <laughs> that's where we tie in the connection of yes. the politics of these big money owners yes. to Ultimate presidents team. and yeah. politicians. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the only reason that I would disagree with that. Because I mentioned, as I mentioned before, the station that I worked with was the home of the Timbers. I I used to do um, the board operating for Timbers games. Before I had a show, I was a board operator. I was coming in on Saturdays, board operating Timbers games, board operating the broadcast for the Timbers games. Uh, I, I've been to several Timbers games. Um, and I also recall an incident where... And I can say it now, and I will say it now, and I've said it before. I've talked about it here before on the podcast, so it's nothing new. But when we had our radio show, the Justin and Devon show, we were, we were from 9 to noon. Then you had Kanzano from noon to 3, and after him there was a guy by the name of Dino Costa. If you're from Portland and you're into sports in Portland, it's a pretty good chance you know about the history of Dino Costa and ultimately him having to be fired and losing his job because of some things that he said about protesting here in the city. And Charlottesville happened. It got connected. It went viral pretty much here in the market. Wasn't a good thing. What it made me think about was when he was there, okay, he went to some Timbers games. Dino Costa was a guy that took shots at the pride section that they had at Timber Stadium. I recall Dino Costa getting his credentials revoked because of some of the things that he was saying 
towards the Timbers, and the Timbers didn't like it, weren't fans of it, spoke out against it as well. Like, this is stuff that went public. I remember so, that, too. He spoke was, out yeah, against tripping. it, adamant about it. Like I said, we're here in Portland. Um, they're, they're super into liberal politics, the Timbers organization is. You see the pride flag at every single game at the Timbers organization. Um, you have even some players who are on the activist side uh, on the Timbers roster. So the only reason why it wouldn't make sense to me for them to go to the White House under the Trump administration is because what they've already shown themselves to represent. And that would bring another conversation up that we would definitely talk about here on the podcast if they do decide to go to the, to the White House under the Trump administration. And that would be, do they really support what they're allowing to be promoted at their games? Or is this all about the money, which it very much so could be. But I think that question could truly be answered and revealed based on history and based on obviously the now and them being in position to yeah, possibly go. To say, we could really see real We soon. could really see something. And that really kind of triggered me. Like I said, thinking about Bush passing away, thinking about obviously the climate of teams and going to the White House not being so popular right now, thinking about the Timbers plan for another championship this weekend, which I truly hope they win. What's going to happen after that? I think that's going to be something to really look forward to. And I think that if they do go out there under the Trump administration, that it really leaves a confusing message on what it is that the organization truly stands on or if they're just basically trying to kind of capitalize on things because of the market that they're in because of you know this fan base and what it believes in and what it publicizes itself to be i think we can see a really interesting turnout happen if they do decide to go so that's something i think that we all should be looking forward to lastly we got the taking l segment we're telling you all this stuff to win, but we got to talk about who lost too. So keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey. Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit thatcast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network. D-Boy. Yo, yo. We to the L. Sweet to the L, Shoot it up, shoot it up. Who you got taking the nail this week? Oh, man. Shots fired, hey, shots, shots fired. fired real quick and easy, man. <laughs> Cardi B and Offset, man. Woo! Boom, 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 boom. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Cardi B and Offset. I'm going to tell you a few. Can I tell you a few reasons yeah, I'm, why? I'm here for no it. No W's, all L's right I'm here now, for it. Right? I'm here it's for both it. both collectively. The floor is yours. Cardi B, one of her gimmicks, per se, is being a real female. I would say a real B word, but we're going to keep it kind of clean because that's harsh. A real female, meaning that she's relatable to the real, authentic, genuine females. But the more and more that she's on the scene and in the spotlight, I'm starting to see a lot of faulty, phony things. This whole crying, fake crying in her post thing she be doing is corny to me, dawg. The biggest thing to take an L, the reason why she took an L this week is because for the last two days now, I've been hearing how her and her baby's father offset are splitting up splitting up yeah no longer together she posted it on divorce, she right? posted it on instagram yeah i saw it what i have a problem with you re you refer this a lot to me reference this a lot when i'm uh, here is uh -huh. i do music right well, yeah you do i study the floor shit, is yours <laughs> and i'm telling you bro offset got an album coming out next week <laughs> mm, i didn't and know that i didn't know that either <laughs> 
until I called it and yeah. then I did my research. And yeah. then I found out, I'm like, mm, okay, Cardi B just dropped not too long ago. She in the spotlight. I, I, I knew something was stirring up. I said, somebody must be dropping a single or an album. And sure enough, I'm in a car today. I hear some new Cardi B I ain't never heard before. I do my research and I find out Offset is set to drop next week. Woo! Now tell me, tell me if that ain't a, it's just corny to me. Yeah, bro. like yeah, just how yeah. the music industry, whether it's set, wow. it's just I didn't know it, that. It can't be coincidental didn't. so many times this way where yeah. some big news emerges really quick around a release date of the same person. Because everybody's going to want right. to go listen to Offset and, <laughs> Come on, and hear if he's in his, his bag. In his and feelings. Hear, yeah, if he's in his feelings. <laughs> if Cardi B is taking a loss yeah. because Offset is going up right now. More, you know yeah. what I mean? If the kid just I didn't went know public, that. Yeah. it's crazy, bro. I didn't so, know that. I didn't yes, know that. Yes. I really didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. So that's what I, I mean, bro. Other than that, it wouldn't be no thing. I wouldn't care enough to even bring it up. The situation is them. The fact that... Yeah, he got that. a project coming out. I thought it was just a real corny story around that and timing. That I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> that I didn't know. So you, you learn it here first at the Wake Up and Win podcast. Yeah, talk babe. about it. Talk right about it. Now. For what me, got? for got? me, I got to give Kevin Durant a nail this week. <laughs> Woo, I got to give Kevin Durant a nail this week. Why? So I don't know if you heard about the comments um, that he made in reference to LeBron James and pretty much um, basically with paraphrasing, he was pretty much talking about, and this is a word that he specifically said in this quote, was that playing with LeBron James could be toxic on and off the court. Um, and reason being back to paraphrasing is because of him having media fanboys and that basically people can get lost around so many things going on with LeBron James that it takes away from, from just the, the cold stone or the stone cold element of the game of basketball, as you said. The reason why Kevin Durant, in my opinion, takes such an L. Listen, Kevin Durant, where I'll give you the benefit of the doubt is I do think that you're growing. You're coming out of your shell. Speaking um, of. You're speaking up more. I actually respect and appreciate that, and I want to make sure I acknowledge that before I critique that in the same breath. Um, but the problem that I have with it is this, where you can make an improvement. You have to know and remember your place in the NBA. You have to know and remember. You right behind bro. You number two. Not even just that. Not even just that. That's it's part. deeper than that to That's me. Part. The reason it's deeper than that because if you don't recall, you remember the whole shut up and dribble thing yes. that took place, yes. right? Yes, yes. We all know about that. It is LeBron has a TV show now called Shut Up and Dribble right. that Jamel Hill is hosting. Slap in the face, huh? If we <laughs> all don't... Do we not remember that that dialogue that she was referring to was a dialogue that Kevin Durant and LeBron James were having in an Uber with Kerry Champion? Yes, I do. Kevin Durant. You have put yourself in a position. You also play for the Warriors, who has really become a political team oh. and is really kind of leading. And not even just political, but I would say just all things outside of basketball. All of that. Yeah. You also play with the Warriors, so that matters. That platform matters as well. But you cannot be the guy to put LeBron in the word toxic in the same sentence based on not only what he's doing, because I don't think he's a toxic guy, um, and 
I truly don't even believe that that's truly what you meant to say. Yeah. But you said it. And he's saying it for reasons that's beyond his control. Yeah, Media but you said fit. it. That's yeah, that's, yeah, Sorry, but you said it. Dumb. But it's a part of the game. You're already a guy who is very sensitive when it comes to the media anyway. We all remember when you made the fake social media pages because this kind of stuff tends to get to you. This is also the reason why people don't put you ahead of LeBron and people feel like you made a faulty move coming to the Warriors anyway and leaving Russell Westbrook. It was more so of a mental. had nothing to do with your skill set. But my thing is the fact that you are now speaking out and you are indulging. And like I said, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt and say that you should continue doing so, that you've been doing okay so far up to this point. You had your troubles, but you got to go through things to be able to become eloquent and good at what it is that you're doing or at least trying to do but the word toxic and lebron james and you being the guy who was in that uber and having that dialogue with lebron james and that leading to the whole shut up and dribble comments and now a tv show and and just everything that we know sports and politics to be today you have to know your place you got to know your role you got to respect the fact that lebron's more than an athlete you, you you can't confuse people. You got to at least try not to conf confuse people with your voice because now you're kind of playing both sides because now you're kind of indirectly shooting shots at LeBron. But when something as big as that took place, it was you and LeBron together doing it and having that conversation. Figure it out, KD. That's L. all I'm going to say. L. Figure it out. I'm going to give you an L for that. I, I Like I said, I think you can make it better. I think you still continue to use your platform. I, yeah, I respect it's that. Work. It's fixable. It's fixable. But it was an L for the week. So, um, D-Boy, tell them where to find you. D-Boy LTD with an I, not a Y on all platforms. Am I right? Yeah, we cooking. And uh, find me, Pounce underscore Sation, on Instagram and Twitter. You can also search Devon Pouncey. Uh, make sure you subscribe, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. Check us out on netcast.com as well. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. And we're going to leave you the only way we know how, and that is to stay woke and, and go, go in. in.